Hebrews chapter 11. You know, I thought about doing a uh, special uh, sermon uh, just on Easter. Normally that's what we do is we kind of check out of whatever series we're in and, and uh, do a couple messages on the cross or on uh, the resurrection. Uh, Pastor Daniel preached on the cross on Friday night and uh, just so happens that the very next passage in Hebrews... So as we've been going through Hebrews, the very next passage talks about the resurrection. talks about uh, the, maybe the first little hint of the resurrection in the Scriptures. And so we're going to stay right put in the book of Hebrews. And so we're going to continue in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to be in verse 8 is where we're going to begin this morning. Hebrews 11, uh, verse 8 through verse 22 is where we're going to be at today. Hebrews 11, verse 8 through 22. And the scripture says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of the heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. And having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Now listen to this, verse 19. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Father in heaven, I thank you for uh, Easter. Thank you, Jesus, that the tomb is empty, that you are alive. God, what comfort, what joy. Uh, God, just what assurance, uh, what excitement there is in our hearts because you live. Lord, that we're joined to you and because you live, we're going to live forevermore. That our, our life is tied to your indestructible resurrection life. And Lord, we praise you. Uh, you're the glorious one. You're the powerful one. You're the resurrected one. And God, we pray that you would teach us how we are to live and relate with you by faith. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, first week in Hebrews. This was a couple weeks ago. Hebrews uh, chapter 11. Uh, we, we, we laid a framework for the rest of our time in Hebrews chapter 11. And we said basically we're going to lay this framework and then we're going to try to fit all these, these folks in Hebrews 11 into the framework. And so if you remember kind of the framework that we laid forth it, it, was, it was basically this. Faith is always dependent upon the Word of God. Okay, So there's always a foundation of promise. There's always a foundation of truth. Okay, The kind of faith that's in the Bible is not some kind of wishy-washy, I hope everything gets okay. You know, it's, it's not that at all. The faith in the Scriptures is always 
securely founded upon the promises and word and the truth of God. Okay, so so that was one of, one of, one of, one of our framework that we're building. Okay, uh, we, we we said the process of faith is such is that a person hears the word of God and then they believe the word of God and then they have some sort of action, some sort of response, some sort of uh, uh, embracing it with their life, okay? Some sort of following, okay? So there's always, there's always hearing the word of God, then there's believing the word of God, and if the word of God is truly believed, then there's some sort of response to that word. There's some sort of action that comes about from that word. Last week, we, we looked at the guy Noah, the man Noah, and so he heard the word of God, God's going to judge the world, he believed the word of God, and then he picked up his hammer, and he picked up his saw, and his tape measure, and you know, his tools, and he began to build, okay? Because faith always brings about a response. We learned from uh, verse 1 in Hebrews 11 that the mechanism uh, by which the believer sees and is convinced of, of, the, of, of the promises of God is faith, okay? And so in some way, faith enables us to kind of reach ahead into the unseen realities of God and to grab a hold of them, and not only to see them, but to be convinced of them, and not only to be convinced of them, but also in some way to kind of taste them, okay? You, 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 get, a, you get a taste, you get, a, uh, you get an assurance, you, you're, you're able to in some ways experience the blessings and, and the confidence and the peace of these things that God has stretched out in front of us by faith. Okay? So it's possible for us today, it's possible for us today to, to by faith, experience some of the joy and the peace and the confidence uh, of, of the resurrection right now. Okay? I, I've, I've not been resurrected from the dead. That's not happened to me yet. It's going to happen someday. But by faith, I'm able to, to reach forward. By faith, I'm able to see that reality and I'm able to reach forward and, and I'm able to be comforted and encouraged and motivated and spurred on about what's coming for me because there's this thing inside of me called faith. And faith enables me to grab onto that, to be convinced of it, and then to experience some of the benefits of what God has promised to his people. Okay? So that was kind of our, our framework that we built. And now we're now we're plugging people in, right? We plugged in Abel and then Enoch and then last week Noah. And now today we're gonna plug in this guy named Abraham. Now, in some ways, almost in every way, Abraham is the most important guy in the Bible as, as in regards to faith. And, and that's reflected in Hebrews chapter 11. You'll notice there's there's 40 verses in Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, 12 of those are devoted to Abraham. And another three are devoted to his son, his grandson, and his great-grandson. They're all kind of grouped together as the patriarchs. Okay, that's kind of what they're called, uh, the, those whom the promises were given to. And, and so you can see that, that Abraham holds a prominent position in Hebrews 11, and, and, and that's, that, that's right and good because he does in the New Testament as well, because Abraham is known as the man of faith. Okay, um, in, in Genesis chapter 12 is where we find the beginning of the story. By the way, if you were here, uh, if you were at Fifth Street uh, Wednesday night, we, we went through the first, uh, what did we get through? Four? We, we got through creation, fall, flood, and promises. We got through the kind of the four first uh, chapters of God's story, and then we're going to hit, we're going to finish the Old Testament this next week. We talked a lot about Abraham. Uh, we talked because Abraham is, is the guy to whom the promises were given. So in Genesis 12, Abraham hears the word of God, uh, and there's a promise given to Abraham. There's actually a bunch of promises given to him. He, he is told by God and that he's going to have his own land. Okay, he's going he's to receive the promised land. Okay, there's going to be a nation. There's going to be a country. He's going to have his own country. He's going to have a promised land. His own people. Okay, he's going to have descendants. All right, Abraham's 70 at this point. He's got no kids. 
Uh, his wife is elderly as well. They've got no children, but Abraham has promised you're going to have a son, and your son's going to have sons, and I'm going to multiply your family. And then there's this great gospel given in Genesis 12 where God says, through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the families of the earth. Through you, Abraham. Okay, uh, That's the promise I'm making to you. Is that I'm going to give you a, the promised land. I'm going to give you descendants as many as the stars of the heaven and the sand of the sea. And through you, the Haskins and the Abrams and the Popes and the Dirks and the, and the Reddens and the, and the Chilsons. And the, you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. That's how big this is, Abraham. Okay, So, so Abraham is kind of the beginning of the gospel. All right? And when you look at it in context, Wednesday night was just a great joy to me to, to be able to start look at the big picture of God's story. And when you, when you look at Genesis in context, man, it's just fascinating because you've got Genesis 1 and 2, creation. Ah, everything's great. Genesis 3, you got the fall. Everything's really bad, okay? Genesis 4, sin begins to spread. It gets worse, okay? Genesis 5, you got a whole bunch of dead guys. Everybody's living a long time and dying. And then Genesis 6, God's already fed up. And here comes the flood. And he destroys the entire earth because the wickedness of sin has gotten so bad. And that's Genesis 6 through 10. And then God says, all right, let's start over. And he gives them one command. You know, go out and multiply. What do they do? They stay together, you know, and they build the tower. We're going to make a name for ourselves, you know. And then all of a sudden, here comes Genesis 12, Abraham. And God's like, all right, I'm going to fix this thing. I'm going to fix it. Through you, Abraham, through your family, I'm going to bring about a king. I'm going to bring about a Messiah. I'm going to bring about the Son of God who is going to fix the world. <laughs> so Abraham believes God. And he starts out on this journey of faith. Not perfectly, man, he... he he, he, he doesn't always have faith perfectly. He, he, he messes it up a couple times pretty big. God is sovereign and good and faithful. Okay, But Abraham's faith culminates in what we're going to finish today in Genesis 22 with, with the offering of Isaac. And we'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But Abraham is so significant because the story of Abraham tells the truth. And here's the truth. The only way you get in a relationship with God is by faith. Okay, did you hear that? Because that's super important, okay? The only way that you can have a relationship with God is by faith. There, there, just, there isn't another way, okay? There's not another one. There, there's no plan B that you don't got your own way, okay? Please, I, I know that some of you think you have your own way. You don't have your own way, okay? You, you, you don't get to come to God and say, I don't know everybody else is doing it this way, but hey, I'm a real creative guy. I've just I've got to pick my other way. There is no other way, okay? You can't come to God another way. There's only one way to God, the, not by works, not by your accomplishments, not by your education, not by impressing God with, with you, okay? There is no other way but faith. And the scriptures say that Abraham is the prime example of what does it look like for a person to live by faith. Abraham's known as the man of faith, the father of faith. In fact, let me just read you a New Testament passage real quick here. I think this will, will show you how prominent Abraham is. Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7, says, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Okay, so if you're of faith, you're, you're a son of Abraham. Verse 9, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, that's us, by the way, we're not Jews, so anybody's not a Jew is a Gentile, by faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then... Those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. In Romans chapter 4, uh, we've got almost a whole chapter about Abraham concerning what it means to live by faith. And in Romans 4.11, he says he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe. Okay? 
So Abraham really, in, in a literal sense, is the example and the father of faith. Okay? So if we're going to relate with God, it's going to, have, it's going to be one way. It's going to be by faith. Okay? And, and the prime example of that is Abraham. He's a great example of what does it mean to live by faith. So let's look at his life, shall we? Let's look at what, what, did, what did his faith look like. Okay? So let's start in verse 8. Start here at the beginning. It says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Okay, so right away, the first thing I think that we, we need to pay attention to there is that faith obeys. Okay? A biblical faith responds to God in obedience. And this is supported in the rest of the New Testament, by the way. Uh, Romans 1.5, Paul talks about his ministry in the sense of the obedience that comes from faith. Okay? So, so not a, not a I, I'm obeying because I feel like I have to. I'm obeying because you know, I don't want to go to hell. Or I'm, I'm obeying because I'm, I'm trying to do enough good work so that God says, yeah, you're a good guy. Come on in. No, 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 no. It, it's the kind of obedience that comes about. From trusting God, okay? So, back in Genesis 12, let's, let's think about the story of Abraham. God appears to Abraham. He's living in Ur. He's, he's got a family. He's got a wife anyway. He's got a farm, ranch, whatever he did for a living, okay? He's minding his own business. God appears to him, and God tells Abraham to leave, okay? That's what I'm saying. He says, I want you to go. I want you to leave. I want you to leave your family, leave your community, leave your home, leave, leave everything that you know, and I want you to go to a land. And by the way, you've never been there, and you don't know what it looks like. You're just going to have to trust me. You don't even know where it is. I'm just telling you, I want you to go. I want you to go to this, this land that I'm going to give you, okay? And, and what does Abraham do? Abraham trusts God. He trusts God without seeing it. He trusts God without knowing all the, all, all the logistics of it. He trusted God without knowing how it was going to turn out, okay? He just simply took the word of God and said, okay, I believe you're trustworthy. I believe what you're telling me. So I'm going to do, I'm going to obey. I'm going to, I'm going to have faith. And faith always leads to an obedience, now you see, most of us would like a relationship with God that is based on Him proving Himself first. And then we tell Him, good job. Yeah, I'll trust you. I mean, that, that's our natural inclination. Our natural inclination is, God, you, you first of all fix what I want you to fix. And then if you do a good job, God, I will come along and I will pat you on the back. And I will say, God, you did a great job there. By the way, I tell you what, I'm going to trust you. Now I'm going to go ahead and go to church and I'm going I'm to go ahead and read my Bible. And I'm, you know, Because you did such a good job on that, why, why, by golly God, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to go ahead and gold star for you on your chart. And, 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 and I'm going to go ahead and, and follow you until you disappoint me. Okay, that, that's the way most people want their relationship with God to work. They want God to fix their life first. And then, then they'll go ahead and bless God with their trust. Or they want God to fix their spouse first, you know. And then they'll seek Him. Or they want God to fix their financial problems first. And, and, and then they'll go ahead and give, you know. I, I know that's the case because let's just, let's just look at that example right there. Most people want God to fix their financial problems. And then, once God fixes their problems, then they'll go ahead and reward God with their trust. And I know that's true because I can't tell you how many hundreds of people have told me in serious conversation, man, if God would just allow me to win the lottery, I'd be a great giver, you know? I think they think that I've got an in or something with God, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and pray, hey, you know, uh, this guy says if he wins the lottery, then he's going to be a great giver, would you? You know, but do you see the reasoning there? The, the reasoning is not, God, I want to step out now and be a giver. God, I want to step out now and trust you. God, I want to step out now and just trust you. You're going to... No, no, no. It's God. You go ahead and give me the mother load first, God, and fix it all. And then, God, I'll come and, man, I'll, 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 I'll trust you then. Folks, that's not, that's not faith. Demanding that God prove himself first, and then we'll go ahead and reward him with our trust. That's not faith. And really, it's awfully silly. 
when you think about it. Okay? When you realize that we're sinners and broken and under the condemnation of God Almighty, okay, it's really silly for us to say, God, you prove yourself first, and then I'll trust you. It's like, it's like being wheeled into the ER after a horrible car accident, and your guts are hanging out, and, and the doctor is, is looking at you, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. i got a little medical exam test I'd like to give you here first before you uh, touch my guts, okay? Uh, you know, I would almost think, hey, you know, you're going to die. It's probably in your best interest. Go ahead and let this guy work on you, all right? Well, in, in a much greater way, God is creator. He is sustainer. He is the king. He's the judge. He's accomplished our salvation out of love and grace for us in Jesus Christ. And the only way that we can approach him, the only way, that, I mean, we, we learned it the very first week, verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Whoever would draw near to God. If you're going to get near to God, there's, there's only one way. Okay, Whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and He rewards those who seek Him. There is only one way to, tr- to approach God, and that is by faith. It is by trust and dependence in God. And so God tells Abraham, leave. Leave. And He does. He goes. He follows. You see, faith enables you to obey. Even when all the signs around you are telling you that something else would be easier, something else would be better, something else would be safer. Basically, God asks Abraham for a blank check. Abraham signs his name and gives God the check. He's got to trust you. Abraham believed even though he didn't know where he was going. Verse 8, let's read it again. Verse 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he's going. Not knowing where he's going. Okay, we, we have to assume that Abraham had never been to the land of Canaan. Abraham did not know how God was going to give it to him. Abraham did not know how he was going to have children. He, he, was, he was elderly. They were on beyond childbearing years. He, he didn't know how God was going to bless the whole world. And all the generations after him through his family, Abraham did not know the specifics or how. But all Abraham knew is God said it, God promised it, and I believe the character of God. Remember, remember from verse 1. Remember what verse 1 says. Faith is the, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is, is, is how we are able to grab on and be convinced of unseen realities. Look, if you're waiting to see it, it's, it's not going to happen. Okay? If, if, if you think you got to stand over God in judgment and say, hey, you prove yourself to me. Well, first of all, walk outside and notice that you've got oxygen. So, I don't know. I mean, there, there is a lot of things that, you know, that, that are proof already. You know, you live in a very ordered world, a very created world. Jesus Christ came and lived in the perfect life and died uh, a, a crucified in death and then was raised from the dead on the third day. I mean, it's not like there's not proof, okay? I'm not saying there's no proof. There, there's tons, okay? But I'm just saying if you're the kind of person that kind of puts God in a corner and says, all right, I got, I got things for you here. Not living by faith. By faith, Abraham experiences the substance of all these things he doesn't know. And, and he's assured, he's assured that God's going to come through for him. And so faith obeys. Faith produces an obedience in Abraham. And guys, faith always produces an obedience. Okay, please, please don't, 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 don't deceive yourself because I mean I did this for 18 years. I, I I mistook uh, believing in a God as biblical faith. Okay, don't, don't make that mistake. See, for 18 years, I had a faith that did not produce any kind of action. did not produce any kind of life. It did not produce any kind of response to faith. I had the kind of faith that says, yeah, I believe in a God. You bet I believe in Jesus. I, I would have told people that. I 
I would have told my friends in high school that, okay? But my faith did not respond in any kind of trust. It did not respond in any kind of obedience to God. Any kind of depending on Him, looking to Him, listening to Him. No, my, my faith was, abs- it was absent of all those things, and it was not a biblical faith. Because biblical faith always responds in obedience for a couple different reasons. Number one, it's confident that God can be trusted. Okay, you see, I have the kind of faith that they say, God, I believe in you. I believe in Jesus. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. But then when God would say, okay, live this way, I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. No, uh-uh. That's, that's hard and risky, and, and, and I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to do what I want. But I believe in you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Number one, faith always responds in obedience because it's confident in God's character. Number two, Faith, faith obeys because faith enables a person to see the future reality of God. It enables you to grab onto that future and say, man, that's real. Remember last week with Noah. God said, I'm going I'm to I'm destroy the world because of sin. And Noah was able to feel that, experience that. Whoa! Reverent fear, it said. I mean, it's a heaviness that this, this is coming. This is coming. It's real. He was convinced of that. How was he convinced of that? Farmer's Almanac, Weather Channel, Crystal Ball. There's something inside of him called faith. He's God, I believe your word. So much, so much for the rest of my life, pretty much. Would have been our lives. He lived a long time, but rest would have been the rest of our lives. Build, building this boat in the desert. It makes no sense unless your word is true. So by faith, he clearly saw what God was going to do, and, and, and therefore he stepped out in obedience. Faith will always obey him. And I'm, I'm, folks, I'm convinced that God is good and gracious and glorious, and, and, and I will obey, obey, and I will follow him. I will do what he tells me to do with my problems and my pain and my parents and my money and my marriage and my mornings. Faith obeys. That's what faith does. It obeys. If I believe, it, it, I, I, will, I will depend on him. Okay? Faith's kind of like being an inside trader. Okay. Now, in, in, in the stock market, that's a bad deal. You could go to jail for that. Okay. Uh, but but in, in spiritual life, being an inside trader is an awesome deal. Okay. I, I mean, just think about this. If, if if I knew if I knew that in five years, all, all the guys in Oklahoma were going to trade in their big lifted trucks and they were going to buy scooters. Okay. If I knew that that was going to happen in five years. Listen, I've got a little money in savings. Not a lot, but I've got a little money in savings. Kind of, we've tried to save for our kids' college and for you know weddings and different things like that. So not a lot. But I'm telling you, if I knew that all the guys in Oklahoma were going to trade them in the church for scooters, you know what I'd be doing with that money? I'd be investing it in scooter stores. I mean, I would really do that. I, I would, if I knew for sure that was going to happen. Have you seen how many big trucks there are in Oklahoma? If I knew all of those were going to be traded in and those guys were going to buy scooters, I would find scooter stores and I would invest my money there. Okay? Abraham knows by faith where the blessing is. That's kind of what that means. Abraham knows by faith. He knows where the blessing is going to be. Okay? He he knows. Man, I know what God's going to do. I know where the blessing is going to be. And so what does Abraham do? He goes there. He goes where the blessing is going to be. And and, and he he waits for it. He he knows where, where, where the investment, what the wise investment is. Now, I know that you and I don't have a word from God like Abraham did or like Noah did. Actually, we've got more. We've got the word to Abraham and to Noah and to Enoch and to Abel. And we've got the whole thing right here in the Word of God, okay? And so when we open up our scriptures, one of the ways you ought to look at the Bible is, okay, where's the blessing going to be? Because I want to get there. 
That's what faith does. Faith, faith says, all right, what does God tell me? Where's it going to be? And that's where I want to go position myself to receive it, okay? So, so if we know that the scriptures clearly say the blessing is going to be for those who are joined to Jesus. That's where it's going to come. Those who are joined to Jesus' resurrection life, man, when you die or when Christ comes back, man, you're going to live forever, okay? They're, they're, they're in the new heavens and the new earth, that's where the blessing is going to be. And so the inside traitor in us ought to say, man, I believe that. And so I'm gonna, right now, I'm going to spend my life seeking Jesus, being joined to him by faith, because that's where the blessing is going to be. If I know that, that the blessing is going to be in, in, in being forgiven of my sins and in forgiving those who sin against me, then I'm going to obey. I'm going to get where the blessing is. If I know that the blessing is going to be in turning away from evil and seeking Christ. I was reading this verse uh, this week. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite passages. First uh, Peter 3.10 says, Whoever desires to love life, that's me, okay? That's me. I raise my hand on that one. Whoever desires to love life and see good days, yep, I'd like that too, please. Let him keep his tongue from evil and keep his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Okay, that's a, that's a great example of a thousand different passages in the scripture that tell us here's where the blessing is going to be. The guy, the guy who's here, the guy who, who, who wants to love life and see good days, that's a blessing. That guy's going to keep his tongue from evil. He's going to not speak to see. He's going to turn away from evil. He's going to do good. He's going to seek peace. He's going he's to pursue it. By the way, that's the context of that passage. If you look it up, it's in marriage. First Peter 3 begins talking about marriage, okay? And so I'm going to keep my tongue from evil. I'm going to, I'm not, not to speak to see why, because that's where the Bible says the blessing is. And so I'm going to step out of faith and say, I want to be right there, because that's where the blessing is going to be. If we know from the scriptures, and we do, that the blessing is in serving others for Jesus' sake, man, how many, how many, how many times does the Bible tell us, man, here's where the blessing is, giving your life in service to others, giving your life in loving others, pouring out your life for others. But if we know where that's the blessing, where the blessing is going to be, then we're going to obey, and we're going to get there. Okay? We're going to get there. Now, implication. What does it mean if we find ourselves not obeying? Okay, does everybody, let's answer that question because that's a great question to answer. What, what, what does it mean if I, if I look at my, my life and, and let's say I even hear my, my own words coming out of my mouth. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe in the resurrection. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe the only way of salvation is for him. But I find myself habitually not obeying the scriptures. You know, what, what does that mean? What we would like it to mean is nothing, right? What we would like it to mean is, well, that doesn't really mean anything. You know, it's, it's what you say that's really important. But unfortunately, that, that's really not what the Scriptures would say. The Scriptures would say, if you have an obedience problem, then actually you have a faith problem, right? Because faith leads to obedience. The, the way that we obey is by saying, God, I trust you. I really do. I really trust you. So whatever you say, God, I believe that, that's it. It's right. And so if faith leads to obedience and I find myself not obeying, then I mean I have some kind of faith problem. Okay? If I, again, if I'm shown that in 2019, five years from now, man, all the redneck cowboy oilies in Oklahoma are going to trade in their trucks for scooters, and if I do not invest in a scooter company... <laughs> I either doubted that it would really happen, or maybe I doubted the person who told me that information. Maybe I didn't believe that there would be a blessing in investing. I mean, there's something that went wrong there. <coughs> and so let, let, let me just ask you this before we move on to the next point. What is it that you're not obedient to God in? Is there anything? Is there anything <laughs> in your life that you just look at and you know, I mean, I know that God's called. I know what His Word says. I know what the Bible says. I know what the promise says. I know what the truth says. 
I know what God showed me. This, this way is the path of life. So why am I not there? Why am I not living that out? Why am I being disobedient? Why am I not doing what God's told me to do? And, and you need to try to trace that back. What are you doubting? What are you not believing in the Word of God or in His character? So number one, faith means obedience. Okay, So we're saying, by faith, Abraham obeyed. All right? Very clear in the Scriptures. Now number two, Faith means waiting. And I really like this part. Intense. Okay? Intense. Like a tent. Like you camp in. Okay? Got it? Right? That's why I love to camp. It's biblical. That's why I tell my family. This is biblical. We're not going to get a camper because that would be unbiblical. We're going to stay intense. Just like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Alright? We're not going to go to the condo. We're going to have a tent. I don't know if you go that far. But it is biblical, okay? Because, see, verse 9, By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of the same promise. Now, that's not just a little detail given there to kind of help you picture how they lived. No, no, no. A lot of people lived in houses. And, and most people lived in houses in Abraham's day. So what in the world has he got his Coleman tent out, you know, for the rest of his life? Why are they living in tents? It's a significant thing. And part of the significance here is that faith means Sometimes we wait, okay? We wait in faith, all right? Well, it's one of the hardest things about faith is that sometimes it demands that we wait. Abraham left his home, and he dwelt in the land that God had promised him. But notice, he's not building a place. He's not, he's not, he's not constructing his house. And the reason is, is because he does not yet possess the land, all right? The promise hasn't come to fruition yet, okay? Now, he's obeyed. He's followed God, <coughs> All right, but he didn't have the title deed to the promised land yet. There's still other folks living there, okay? And they've got no intention of leaving, by the way. So Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, okay, son, father and son and grandson, <coughs> they lived in the land that God had promised them, but yet that they had not received yet. But they were willing to camp and not own, okay? Now, now what, what, what's my point here? Well, first of all, let, let's just let's just let's use our logic. All right, God, if you've not cleared the folks out of there yet, then why why do I need to go yet? Who would have said that, huh? I mean, really? I mean, wouldn't you have said that to God? You know, I, I, I we we'd have drove into Canaan and we'd have looked around and said, God, there's still people here. You know, you say you're going to give us this, but it's full of people, God. And, and, and we ask them, they're not leaving, and they 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 seem to get a little insulted when we were talking about their place. You know. And so, God, we're heading right back. We're going back home. And God, when you clear this deal out, give us a call and then we'll go. That, that, that's really what most people would probably do. But Abraham goes there because God says that's where the promise is. That's where the blessing is, Abraham. That's where it's at. I want you to go. Go. Go now. He goes. He arrives. And then basically he, he, he lives in a tent all of his life. His son Isaac lives in a tent all of his life. His son Jacob lives in... Whoa, what's going on here? What's going on here? What's going on is, first of all, let's look at what they did right. What they did right was faith positions itself to receive the promises of God. Okay? So God says, there's the promise, you go there. Faith goes. Now sometimes the fruition of the promise hasn't come about yet, right? So let, let's, let's go ahead and apply this out here, right? This. I, didn't, I didn't do a very good job. This is for the other services, by the way. I already know what I'm doing right now. I just, uh, 
be your mind. So, um, so let's, let's apply that out. Okay, so so let, let's go back to think what we were talking about before obedience. So so God tells me, all right, Jason, the blessing is you know loving your spouse as Christ has loved the church. The blessing is you know turn away from evil, don't speak deceit. And so let's say you're having trouble in a relationship in your life. Let's say so let's say it's your marriage, it's your, it's your spouse. Okay. And so God said, all right, here's what the blessing is. The blessing is in serving, in loving, unconditionally, okay? So let's say you do that. And then, man, I can't hardly imagine if this would ever happen. You don't get the immediate results that you thought, right? Okay? So in other words, you're kind of picturing, I'm going to do what God tells me to do, and all of a sudden, my wife's going to straighten out, you know? My husband's going to straighten out. Man, they're, they're gonna, God's going to fix them. Okay, but but you, you you step out in faith and you're not fixed right away. Well, sometimes you got to live in a tent for a while. <laughs> not really. I mean, you can be. You see the principle there, though. What do you, what do you do? You you're obedient, all right, and, and you get in position to receive the blessing. And then sometimes you got we hate this word. We hate it. I mean, really, it makes us mad. We got to wait, right? So Abraham had to wait. Because here's the deal about faith. Faith does not demand immediate results. I'm sorry, but it just doesn't. Faith is willing to live with the tension of promised but not yet. Okay? Faith is willing to endure some hard things knowing that what is promised is so good that it's coming. Okay? By faith, Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years for the birth of Isaac. Okay? Positioning themselves to receive the promise. By faith, Abraham... Tent camped, all right? Notice, notice verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham since he was since he had no one greater by whom to swear. Whoa, man. That fan blew my page. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received these things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. You see, Abraham lived as, as an exile almost. Waiting for the promise of God. He positioned himself to receive the, 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 the promise of God. And then he lived. And, and, and he lived in tents. Our family knows a lot about living in tents. We've we lived, we lived, we lived months in tents. Not, not all at one time. But, you know, if you add them all up, you know, maybe close to a year. I don't know. Uh, we've been tent camping a long time. And, and, and we understand. There's some things about tent camping. I'm going to get to go to Yosemite, hopefully, this summer and, and, and do some tent camping. I'm going to set my tent up there, and there will be no, no delusions in my mind that I own any of this, but I will experience it all. I will, I will, I will get the benefit of being there, even though I'm not an owner yet. I, I kind of think that's kind of like Abraham. He, he realized it was coming. It was coming. Something better, actually, was coming. Okay, And he was experiencing the good, even though the promise hadn't got to fruition you know the great thing about being a camper too is you have to worry about bad neighbors or storms or damaged tents. I mean, you're, just, you're just passing through. The Bible says that about us. Doesn't it? So, so faith enabled Abraham to, to grab hold of the, of the promises and experience the good even though they weren't completely fulfilled yet. Verse 14. For people who seek thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they'd been thinking of that, of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. You see, faith puts all its hopes in God. And it says, you know what? I believe that God knows what is best. 
Okay, so for that person that positions himself in a right relationship in, in their marriage or their family or in their finances, and they say, "Okay, God, I'm, I'm stepping out faith. I'm doing, I'm doing what you told me to do." And even though there's not immediate results, God, here's what I trust. You've got something better. Do, do you see that in the text? That's really important. I mean, Abraham's seeking a homeland. Verse 15. If they had been thinking of that land which they had gone out, they would have opportunity to return. But as it is, they seek a better country, a heavenly one. You see, Abraham could have gone back. He could have got the promised land and said, what in the world? There's people here, God. You know, gone back home, bought a little place by the lake, you know, ate at the country club with Sarah every night, you know, played shuffleboard in the game room, and you would never know his name today. He could have wasted his life. But instead, Abraham desired something better. He said, God, I want what you have for me. Kind of, kind of in, in a way, Abraham overshot his landing. Okay? Not on purpose. I mean, God did it. Okay? So, so Abraham thinks, I'm going to land in the promised land. But, but he kind of overshoots that. And, and he lands in the new heavens and the new earth. And that's, that's really what God's getting at there. I got something better. And you see, here's what faith does. Faith changes our values and desires so that we want more. We're not, we're not content with, with the small rewards of life. But here's what we believe. Remember verse 6? Remember how important this was about faith? Faith, faith that it's possible to please God without faith. Forever we're drawn near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. You see, I don't think Abraham was disappointed. Because I, I think Abraham had this rock-solid trust that, okay, I'm positioning myself here for faith, and I trust that God's got something even better, even better than what, than what I had hoped for. All right, let's get to the resurrection, because okay? it is Easter. You'd be ashamed not to get there, okay? So, verse 17. Here's the pinnacle of, of, of Abraham's life of faith, okay? Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, well, what's that talking about? Well, Genesis 22, Genesis 21, Abraham has a son, Isaac. Genesis 22, he's about a teenager at this point. God says, all right, Abraham, by the way, something new here. I want you to take him on the mountain and give him back. Sacrifice him, kill him. Okay, now, now, before you go home and kill your kids, God does not tell anybody else to do that, all right? No matter how angry you get with them, all right? This, this, this is not one of those generic commands. About, no, 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 no. This was a specific test for the man of faith, okay? This was to demonstrate what, is it, what does it look like, that faith. And so, so Abraham, even though everything he has is wrapped up in Isaac, here's what Abraham is convinced of. God's word is more certain than death. Man, do you hear that? Abraham is convinced that God's word is, is more certain and it is more secure than, than even death. And so faith enabled Abraham to believe in resurrection. Okay? Man, I can't think of anything more difficult to fix than death, can you? I mean, it's just it's hard to fix death. I mean, I mean, death is the end. Death is final. Death is game over. Death is no more future, no more hopes. If Isaac dies, I mean, think about Abraham's reasoning here. If Isaac dies, man, it's all over the promised land, the promised family, the promised blessing. Everything that Abraham has banked his life and future on, it would logically seem that to trust God in this situation would be to forfeit everything. And man, can you imagine how much Abraham was tempted to justify his way out of obeying God here? I mean, man, I, I'm just, I'm thinking about all the times I'm justified, you know. I'm tempted to justify my anger, to reason away my selfishness, or, or, or to rename greed as, as healthy ambition, or lust as an appreciation of beauty. I mean, we are all, always constantly tempted to justify our sin. And how much more Abraham? But here's what Abraham believed. 
Here, here's the picture of faith. Are you ready? Abraham believed nothing is impossible for God. And the God of Abraham is so completely trustworthy that Abraham believed, you know what? Even if he dies, God will raise him up. I mean, Abraham so sure that God will not break his word that he's like, even if he dies, that's okay. Because God won't break his word, so God will raise him up. <laughs> That's what the scripture says Abraham was thinking, okay? Verse 19, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. Abraham believed in resurrection. Abraham believed in resurrection even before it was taught as a doctrine in the Bible, okay? Abraham believed in resurrection before the Shunammite son was raised through Elijah. Abraham believed in resurrection before Jesus stopped the funeral procession at Nain and gave a widow back her son from the dead. Abraham believed in resurrection before Jesus stood at the reeking tomb of Lazarus and called him back to life. Abraham believed in resurrection before God crushed the forces of evil and annihilated the stronghold of death by raising Jesus Christ from the dead on Easter morning. Abraham believed in resurrection simply because he believed that God would keep his word. I love that. And God did keep his word. Abraham was already committed. He was going to do it. God knew he was going to do it. So God stopped him. And God provided a substitute. Remember the story? God said, no, you don't kill your son. There, look in the bush. I provided a ram. You killed a ram as a substitute for your son. And Isaac got to live because God provided a substitute. And this morning on Easter, you know what we celebrate? We get to live. Because God provided a substitute. Isn't that awesome? We get to live because God provided a substitute. We get to live eternally because of our substitute, Jesus Christ. Because God was willing to sacrifice His Son. Okay, Abraham didn't have to. God was willing. God, God did sacrifice His Son. And then rose Him from the dead. Never to God die again. And Jesus lives and ministers on with the power of an indestructible life. Jesus is raised from the dead to be our king, to be our high priest, to be our intercessor, to be our savior, to be our friend. And now the same question that Abraham faced is the one that you face. This is it. You're going to decide this one way or another right now. Now, I hope, hope you're, you're going to decide it again in 10 minutes and again in 10 minutes. But you're going to decide this one way. You just have to. You can't be undecided on this. Do you trust me? That's, that's really, that's how you relate with God today. <coughs> Do you trust Him? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you give us faith. God, I pray that you would enable us to trust you, that you would enable us, God, to grab on to the certain realities that you have promised us in your word. And Father, we ask you to give us faith today. God, give us faith. And we pray that that we might obey in faith, that we might wait in faith, that we might be willing to live with the tension of, of it's promised, it's certain, but it's not here yet. And God, that we might know that you always have something better, better than what we even can imagine. And Father, we ask it in Jesus' name.